0: I want to share a bit of a story with you. Recently, I had uh, been talking to a particular person and at one point felt like I should ask them about uh, a particular topic and ask them if that was involved in their lives. And it uh, turned out it was. And I probably have had these kind of conversations with Several thousand people, but have only asked that particular question once or twice. So, in my mind, that was a thought that came from the Lord, that I was to ask and, you know, begin to pray about this particular thing with them. Um, The upshot of the story is, I prayed, nothing happened. And I go back to verses like this in Second Corinthians 4, we like jars of clay in which this treasure is stored, the real power comes from God and not from us. And I recognize in my heart that God brought that to my mind, but I didn't understand the severity of the issue. It's since come out later that it was a very significant issue in their lives, but To not see that through says to me that the job's not done. You know, and I'd appreciate your prayers because I am not done with this thing. But at the same time, I'm looking at it going, there are times when I feel so powerless in myself, and yet I have to come back to this idea that it's about God. It's not about us, the vessels. And we set things up so that we can see God intervene in their lives. And we know that it's not about us changing their behavior or changing. You know, that all comes with a heart change, but it doesn't start there. And so as I was walking through this, you know, and on the one hand I'm grieving that I didn't see it clear enough. The other side I'm celebrating that at least I saw it. And, And yet there's this knowledge that God desires to do something in that life or he would never have brought it up. And so what I want to do is walk through a portion of this fourth chapter of Corinthians because I see some of the similar things coming out of Paul's writings and some attitudes that I, I want to bring across. And I just, uh, you know, to acknowledge that uh, we we develop in Christ and, and He gives us insights and we grow on that. But we don't start out in a perfect state and we don't minister from a perfect state. You know, if you're waiting until you get all your ducks lined up, it's, it's just not going to happen. But God in His graciousness works through us anyway. But nevertheless, we, we seek to get rid of the impediments that would keep us from, from being poor at what we're doing. Um, uh, one other story in, in regard to this. I, at this stage of life, I feel fairly confident preaching. I feel fairly confident that God gives me insights and words to bring to this group. But physically, I start setting myself up for this on Friday in that I don't stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning anymore because I'm wasted on Saturday, and that doesn't set me up well for Sunday. Uh, I don't get up at at 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays to go hunting anymore, because that messes me up for Sunday. You know, there are physical things that I set in place to give myself a chance to do well. Um, And there's other things that are connected to that. I rarely watch a movie on Saturdays or Saturday nights in particular. You know, there's just because I want to be as fresh as possible to be in place to do what God wants. That said, uh, all of our lives, we're, we're discovering and finding what this treasure is all about and, and how to get that into the lives of others. And, and this is Paul's writings. He says, God's been kind to trust us with his work. That's why we never give up. He, he, he says, God, God seeing us who we are, knowing all of our condition better than we know ourselves, understanding our temperament, everything else, says he's kind in that he gives us this work to do. He, he chooses us. You know, it's like, you know. You you might be at a place where you're going, I don't seem to get very much right in life. That does not mean that he is unwilling to use you even now. You don't have to have it all together, so to speak. Now, there are things that you do that may mess it up, you know. If if you're a person that loses their cool regularly and and fusses and hollers at people, it's very hard to go witness to them in the next turn or to say something about the goodness of the Lord. They're just not wanting to hear it from you. And you're better off, you know, in a sense, starting to take on, even if you see something that would truly benefit their lives, take care of the anger and then know that you'll have a better avenue. So there are those things, but God in His kindness still gives us this gift. This wondrous thing places his spirit in our lives, gives us opportunity to share it with others. He says, we don't do shameful things that must be kept in secret. You know, those are the kind of things that would keep you from being effective, right? If it was discovered about your life and you're going to go, oh, man, you're talking about Jesus? You know, maybe you should deal with Jesus yourself. You know, he says, we get rid of that stuff. Right? (laughs) Okay. We don't try to fool anyone. You know, every now and then, if you're in charismatic circles long enough, you'll see people manufacturing miracles. And it's kind of done with the mindset of, I'm just trying to build their faith up so we can see the real. Right? That's stupid. Uh, Paul would not have gone down that road. He says, We don't get into that foolishness. Not trying to, you know, create the right scene, so to speak. I, I mean, we can do that with lights and the music. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't try to fool anyone or twist God's message around. You know, make it more palatable. Uh, you know, I, I would tell you this about the Lord, but you're not ready for it. No, we don't go down that road. You know, I, I want to tell them that they have to give their whole life over to, to serve God, but, you know, we'll break it in stages. <laughs> no. You know, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross. He, he, you know, he says, you step into this wholeheartedly. It's not halfway. So anyway, he says, the God who rules this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They can't see the light, which is good news about our glorious Christ who shows what God is like. He says the barrier comes from what Satan does in a life. But we're attempting to reveal truth. We're attempting to put that out there. He says if there's anything hidden about our message, it's hidden only to someone who's lost. Okay. We're not preaching about ourselves. Our message is that Jesus Christ is Lord. He also sent us to be your servants. So there's something very simple and plain about this. What we present is Christ. We present him as the ruler of all things. And we say this is the core of what we teach. We will never move away from that. We are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. So when I read this, you know, the clay jar, in a sense, is not the, the key to what's stored inside, right? I mean, it's, it's just the holder. But if it's precious, it's because of what's inside. And so when we look at our own lives, if, if we're special in the Lord, what is that about except that it's Him? You know, it's not about refining ourselves to the point of saying, Okay, now look at the vessel. That's, that's worth more than what's inside. You know, it's, it's foolish. And so regularly we have to come back to this thing and say, well, is, is Christ dwelling in me with power? Is, is, is this vessel full of Christ, so to speak? Do I have all that I can in Him? Or am I just, you know, limiting What's available simply because I haven't allowed him to fill me in a way that he desires to. There's, a, there's another aspect of this. I, I glory in this idea that I don't have to be all that because it's Christ that we're trying to get across. You know, if, if I had to be perfect for everyone... Well, it's just not going to happen. You know, and and if I had to have all of my arguments just right to try to convince someone to follow Christ, um, that's not enough. They have to encounter Christ. And so I I try to get the arguments lined up, but at the end of the day, I am not going to argue somebody into the kingdom. You know, and, and then, you know, maybe they're put off by the way I look. Well, too bad. This is the way he made me. I, I attempt to work with it, but, you know, <laughs> that, that's just the way we are, right? You can, you, people just don't feel perfect about themselves. But it's not about perfection. It's about Christ coming out of our lives, And maybe we don't speak particularly well. And and there's so many things like that. And yet, Christ dwelling in us is enough. And the Spirit through our lives is enough. And what He can do will transform lives. We've always got to keep that in mind. The other thing I want to bring out of this particular verse is that by very nature, vessels, or boxes, or totes, or whatever you store stuff in, they're there to hold the product temporarily. Now in our house, temporary is a long-term thing. (laughs) And we have quite a bit of storage. But the whole idea is that you use what's inside. That's the idea. And you know yourself, if something's been sitting in the closet a very long time, it really should just be tossed out. If the presence of God is in our lives and it's being stored, the idea is also that it's going to be given out. It's a temporal thing. And it doesn't look any better just stuck in you than it does in the closet that's been there for years. And it isn't God's idea just to come into your life and say, I hope you feel warm and fuzzy today. But he places his spirit in us to be shared with others. Now, the beauty is we do feel warm and fuzzy at times from him. That's a beautiful benefit. But it is not the sole goal of placing his spirit in our lives. Paul uses this same idea of vessels in 2 Timothy to uh, carry the idea that we can prepare ourselves and and do things to facilitate this process. So I don't want to diminish that too much, but it says, uh, in fact, I'll read the verses. In a large house, some dishes are made of gold or silver, others are made of wood or clay. Some of these are special and others are not. That's how it is with people. The ones who stop doing evil and make themselves pure will become special. Their lives will be holy and pleasing to their master. They will be able to do all kinds of good deeds. So, allowing your life to be transformed and changed opens the door for more use. And it just, you know, it's one of those things we look at and we say, am I ever going to be perfect? No. But I do allow him to weed out things so that I can become more effective. That's where I feel like I'm at in this journey with this particular person. I am delighted that I had that insight that I don't normally have. I am frustrated (laughs) that I haven't seen the transformation in their heart yet. And so that's why I keep pressing and saying, okay God, um, I'm coming back to you, I know the source, I know that it's not just this clay vessel, but uh, I need to know how to operate in this beyond just the identification. And each of us has those areas and those opportunities with people. You know, when you come back from witnessing to someone and you say, I really messed that up. I wish that I'd get a chance to have said this. I wish I'd have phrased it this way. Do you realize that he's setting you up for the next opportunity? It won't necessarily be that person, but he is is helping you frame your arguments so that the next time around it opens the door that much easier. That he is developing in you the ability to speak life. I want to jump a few verses down. Uh, First eight and nine. Corinthians, we often suffer, but we're never crushed. We don't know what to do. We never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. When we're knocked down, we get up again. So Paul, even the great apostles, acknowledging not everything goes perfect, but there's a confidence and a dedication in him to see the thing through because he knows victory is available. What a powerful idea. Jumping a few verses down, 16 and 17, we never give up, our bodies are gradually dying, but we ourselves are being made stronger each day. These little troubles are getting us ready for eternal glory that will make all our troubles seem like nothing. Things that are seen don't don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we keep our minds on the things that cannot be seen. So he's acknowledging that uh, there's a portion I didn't read, but he he says we're scheduled for death. It's like we're dying every day. Then he comes on and says, you know, our physical bodies are failing, but what is eternal and the, the knowledge of that in our lives is growing day by day by day. And he says the eternal has taken on more importance to us. And I pray that would be the mark of this group as well, right? That the Spirit of God would fill and baptize and flood and, you know, just be so much a part of your life that it would be spilled out wherever you go. There would be this light shining in darkness. That He would give you the ability to speak life to others, and see their lives transformed by His power. It's our desire in the Lord. Let's stand together. May your spirit dwell abundantly in each heart here. May darkness be driven back and your light, burst forth. May these vessels of clay be used powerfully for the influence of your kingdom. May your spirit be used through these lives to transform others. We pray that many would come to know you through the witness of believers in this group. We pray that many would be set free of addictions and habits and bondages that they don't see any way out of through the prayers of this group. We acknowledge the wonderful privilege of having your spirit planted in our lives and this abundant treasure that is ours through you. Be exalted and lifted up, we ask. Amen. Amen couple things. I want to remind you that it was in Jesus' broken body that our salvation was purchased. So the vessel was beaten and half destroyed and yet uh, our salvation came through that. So what do I want to say? Do you have a physical ailment? Great position to go pray for someone else's healing. Got fears? Great position. Go pray for somebody else with fears. Got habits and bondages that you haven't overcome yet? Go pray for someone else. That's that's the nature of a fractured vessel that still has opportunity to see the kingdom of God work through their lives. So, Lord, I pray that we would understand the fullness of favor that you intend for our lives, that we would discover with joy what it is to be filled with your Spirit and poured out for others, that we might discover with joy and see your hand working through our lives. Lord, for those that are feeling physical affliction this morning, I would ask for their healing, that in this moment they would be set free. For those that are battling with fears, I ask that they would be overcome by you, that your peace would rule that situation. For those that have yet to break habits and bondages that are controlling their lives, we ask that they would be set free this morning. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. As each one goes into the community, give them words of life to speak over others. Enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Enable them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, we pray. We love you this morning.